presents Songs That Made the Movie Songs That That song fits the scene perfectly. I always think of that scene when I hear that song now. What song is that movie in? That's an awesome. Songs That Made the Movie Songs That Made the Movie Don't touch my levels now. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Songs That Made the Movie on the Scratch the Track Podcast, presented by the Dude and Grim Show. I am the Dude. And I am Grim. And today we are going to be discussing the songs that made the movie Boogie Nights. And man, there's a lot, dude. Dude. A lot of songs. So this is our second installment of this spin-off series oh. of the Scratch Track Two podcast presented it's by the Dude one, Group one, Show. Two. And the first one being Pulp Fiction and I, I you know talking about that movie I'm like man the the music is just so pivotal in this mo- this movie and there's so much of it and there's stuff that didn't make the soundtrack and let's just stick on that line there's stuff that didn't make the soundtrack and then I watched this this movie through again and then looked at the soundtrack and I was like Wow, did they leave some shit off? Did they? You know, Graham, and I think before we actually get into everything that they left off, we should remind everyone who's watching this right now. Don't leave us off. Like, subscribe, and comment below. No, don't leave us off. So, now that you've liked and subscribed and Grim has marked it so he knows where to put in that cue. Yeah. We go. Well, they did come out with a first version of the soundtrack. And I think there's, what, 12, give or take, songs on it. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good ones. But then there's some that they left off. Oh, yeah. But what's really cool, what's really cool, though, is that they came out with a volume two. And I think they, um, I don't know if you could say they included all of them on there. but Yeah, I couldn't um, find the, or I, I, okay, hold on. It's not like I spent, you know, like a day just looking for the volume no. two, but... You had mentioned it was on Amazon, so I figured it'd be on Amazon Music, and I was not able to find it on there. So, yeah. But there's a track listing, yeah. Yeah, and and I will say that somebody also did a good job on Spotify of making like a Boogie Nights soundtrack playlist that had Sweet. everything except they missed Fat Man by Jethro Tull. Oh, yes. Which yeah. is played in two parts of the movie. Interesting, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, too. Um, the the movie also does have a score too by Michael Penn, which is which is pretty cool. Because um, typically in Paul Thomas Anderson movies, he does you know his movies are scored. So Michael Penn does this one. He's also worked with Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead to score some of his movies. Um, so yeah, he's he typically goes that route. But I think for this movie, I mean, it's cool that. It, it, the, the score comes out in little sections in the movie. Yes. It's not uh, like prevalent throughout, but it is. It, there's you find these little these little holes and stuff um, where where he can really fit it in. Uh, no pun intended. And uh, but for this type of movie, you really need song and music, music and songs from that era. And he just picked some phenomenal tracks. Yeah, and and, and honestly, tracks. some that. That I didn't know. Um, you know, like, of course, we think of ourselves as some sort of aficionados of music, but there there was the one song in particular um, called Joy, 
And oh, yeah. of course, I'd heard it in the movie, and I love how they use it in the movie. It's like this buildup as things are beginning to happen, and they use it in a couple places. And it's actually, I don't know if you read this, but it's based off a Johann Sebastian Bach piece called uh, Yesu Joy of Man's Desiring. And, and that's, it, you'll recognize that. I mean, that's, that's a very familiar classical piece of music, even if you don't follow classical music. Sure. And that is what stuck out to me. Um, and and I knew that it was uh, Yesu Joy of Man's Desiring upon hearing it, but then I liked where it went. And then I listened to the song in its entirety, you know, outside of yeah. how they use it in the movie. And it goes into some other interesting areas, too. But that that was one that I didn't know. And then I, I looked it up, and it was, it was actually a top 10 hit in 1972 by an wow. instrumental group called Apollo 100. Fucking yes. sweet name. Sweet name. Pretty great name. Yeah. Um, Well, I want to take a maybe a step back a little bit, Mm. and you know the the song or or the movie starts off and actually starts off with that um, you know with the uh, Michael Penn's score, and it's very quiet in the beginning, and then boom, you know, best of my love just pops right in, and you get the lights and everything, and it's it's cool because Paul Thomas Anderson said that. There was there was so so many characters in this movie, and that that right away he knew that he wanted to just start this movie off, hit it really hard, and really just wanted the the the, the music and the song to hit really hard, and then intro everybody. So there's that you know long tracking shot where he's going around and everything in the club, but he in the club. But he said one thing that I thought was cool that he said is he he wanted he wanted it to be like um uh like a smash. A sound, and what he likened it to is uh, Phil Spector's Wall of Sound. Like that's what he kind of said. He was like, he was like, I just wanted it to to hit everybody really hard, yeah. and um, and this is a, like the cool... disco wall of sound. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's like yeah. that that big, but just in the era of the movie. Sure, you know? and it's it, it's really cool. And he does this. Paul Thomas Anderson does this a few times in the movie, where there are these sort of long shots or montages montage shots um uh that are clipped together and everything of all the characters and actors like he's he's kind of constantly checking in with like where you know it it revolves around dirk but but he's constantly checking in what characters are doing and and whatnot and there's these almost kind of like long music video montage scenes it's it's pretty neat one thing i wanted and not to it's not like we're doing a play-by-play of the movie, so it doesn't matter. But um, no. I mean, he does that really well in Magnolia as well. There's there's a sure, scene like absolutely. this, but I would call it like the like the come to Jesus scene kind of where it's like all it, it's it's almost like his version of the baptism scene in The Godfather, where the like Father. all this crazy shit is happening concurrently. So you get the thing where Dirk Diggler's getting beat up, and Julianne yep. Moore isn't she like in the room with Roller Girl talking about her? No, beat? it's 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 um it's Dirk's getting beat up, and then Roller they're in the back. Oh of the limo. yeah, yeah, and and, yeah, and the dude in the back of the limo. Your name's yep. Brandy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 and and then and then um, it's not just a hole in the wall. This is rolling. yeah, and then Don Cheadle's character is like going to get donuts and that, and they the cars pass by, and it's just it's brilliantly done, and I I, I yeah. love those scenes because it it's like um, 
and I don't want to sound like a, a, a turd for using this word, but it's like kind of serendipitous as, as all these things are like going on concurrently, you know? Oh, totally. It's, it, it's awesome. I love it when there's those tie-ins and, and, and cool things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just nice to see somebody really like think, think that through and, and, and think it out. Yeah. Um, but kind of like you were saying, the, um, uh, when you were talking about Joy by Apollo 100, I think the first time we actually see that in the movie is when Dirk comes home after his first night in the club and he's kind of getting undressed and we're in his room and the camera is, it's playing the score. It's, it's playing Michael Penn's score and the camera starts to pan and do a circle around the room. And as that's happening, it's cross fading over into Apollo 100. Yeah. And then, and then right when it gets back down or it gets back to Dirk standing in front of the mirror, you know, in his underwear doing some karate, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the, the song comes like full frontal at that point. Again, no pun intended Yeah, or maybe. So now um, one thing, so I mean, I don't think this would be like doing the white album if we talked about every song here. So I I think that's off the table. Um, but one thing I was going to mention, and I don't know if this was part of the score or if they sampled this. But in the scene that I was just talking about where basically like the shit goes down, I love how it's just like that single bell tolling the whole time. Yeah, and it just it slowly just kind of builds. Yeah, it's really kind of eerie. Um, The other the other one that I think builds an amazing amount of um, an amazing amount of tension is the song Do Your Thing by Charles Wright. As William H. May, as what's his name, little uh, Bill, little Bill is is gonna go oh. like he goes and shoots it, you know, as he's like yeah. catches his Spoiler wife. Spoiler alert! Then, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. If you haven't seen it, it, dude, it's been out for a long time. Yeah, now. yeah, like twenty three years. But that, and again, that's another phenomenal scene. A long in oh, the in the music, long, like it just it, it's so gritty, and it, it like it it's perfect for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, I love that. And again, it's sort of one of those scenes that, um, uh, even before it, it, like Floyd Gondoli comes in and he's bringing his new new talent, and this oh, is yeah. on New Year's Eve, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, and the song that I think that's playing, and I really like the intro, is "Driver's Seat" by uh, what is it? S- yeah. Sniffing the tears. Yeah. And uh, it's just a great like kind of this acoustic strumming opening mm-hmm. uh with when floyd walks in he's just kind of like a badass and then it cuts away we get introduced to todd parker and then you have buck and the blonde kind of talking yeah, to each other dude. and then and then it, dirk and amber are doing blow for the first time like, yeah in the, it's in, just in her bedroom i know it, it's crazy right because it's just like there's there's constant change of music with the scene and uh, to me and, and i guess the scene you're talking about is a is a party one but the party scenes always do a really good job of that like the first party scene when he shows up at jack's house and dude it's three dog night mama told me not to come awesome oh, yeah. song and it's so perfect Dude. but i mean within that scene there there's all kinds of i think I'm trying to think of hot chocolate is in that scene dude i believe in miracles yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, i mean it's so cool because that's the scene where he gets introduced to uh everybody child for oh for, yeah well yeah but but they're the ones who develop that yeah. that special kind of bond and it's funny because initially reed is kind of the alpha 
you know, and he's like yeah. making the margaritas. Oh, how much do you bench? He's yeah. like, oh, have you ever been to Vince's? We'll go. Oh, oh no, I, I I would have seen you there. I'm there every day. But the one of my favorite scenes and shots is um, during spill the wine. Yes, the underwater part. I, I wrote oh. that down with the uh, with the effect on it too. Oh, dude, it's so good, man. Because they're they're just playing the song, and and again, cameras tracking around and uh probably you know steady cam shot and just going to all the characters and then all of a sudden boom you're just underwater and it's just just really really cool man really well that cool. was something that you hit me to that i i never even thought about in in movies uh but it's impressive those those really long Most shots impressive. that just keep going because when you realize there is there is no fuck ups like that that take is that take and and that's yeah. it you know like that you makes the dude everything has to be right you yeah. gotta make sure the lighting is right you gotta keep everything you gotta have a, keep everything in focus and uh you know and then especially when you have a shot where you're like outside and then you're gonna go underwater it's just yeah like, okay i mean obviously there's some sort of underwater um housing you know housing yeah. on the camera the whole time they're doing the shot i can only imagine what that would be like, how much that weighed for the camera operator and, and how that Dude. scene was done. I'd love, yeah. love to see a, a good documentary on that. But Well, you know, um, it's just the lighting in the film we're talking about here. So Yeah. Like, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. You giving me shit? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think, what are some other ones we want to get into? Dude, God um, Only Knows is actually an interesting well, choice for it, too, because it, it's such this, this like... Uh, very sentimental love song and although these characters do have some sort of i guess love for each other in some way it just almost seems very juxtaposed to like the reality that they're all basically like druggies and porn stars <laughs> and work and work well they're work colleagues you know they're colleagues yeah in a different in a different way but yeah 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 I, I don't do that with well I work for myself so I don't do that with my work friends but anyways uh, <laughs> I mean you know so so uh, I think there's two more scenes I really want to hit on okay um, the 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 first one is when Dirk and Reed go into the studio because they obviously. Oh. Dude. He's a very successful rock star, and they have some. They come up with some. I'm sorry, very successful porn star. Obviously, you want to branch out into other creative fields, and music would be a natural like progression, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so and just them going into, um, you know, cutting into it, and it's. Uh, I guess it's what it's. It's it's the touch, and. Which is actually like I, I didn't really realize this. It's a real song. Stan I know. Bush, man. I know. It's in the Transformers cartoon movie soundtrack. Which yeah, and and when you listen to it, wait, that was from. Oh, I don't know if this one was. Uh, okay. Anyways, you got the touch. That's I didn't realize it was from that. But yeah, when I listened to it, I was like, that guy does sing it better than Mar- Mark Wahlberg. Although I'm sure he was trying to like intentionally sing it horrible just to. Uh-huh. I would hope so. I would hope so. Now, one thing that uh, in that scene that is interesting to me is, as a guitar player, when I'm watching them play, not You Got the Touch, but uh, feel, 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 yeah. feel, yeah. I think yeah. that John C. Riley is actually oh. playing that. I'm, I'm quite well, sure. So, 
so here's here's the thing about that. He he is. Yeah. He, he wrote he wrote that music part. Paul Thomas Anderson wrote the lyrics. John C. Riley came up with the guitar riff. And, and dude, it, the the riff is great. I mean, it fits. Dude, it's, it, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's it, it's so cheesy and perfect, man. It's I know awesome, it is. It, but but that's one thing that I don't know. I mean, you know, you would look at technical things in filmmaking that not everyone would catch. And I look at that all the time in in music yeah, movies. Like, I'm like, are they really playing, playing that? Right. And, and right. to see that he was, I mean, there was no question in my mind. I'm like, that that's that is that riff. Like I can totally. hear that it's in, you know, in A or whatever, and you can see that that's what he's playing. It was kinda of, kind of cool. And they're in Sound what? City Studios. Fucking love that. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah, dude, it says cool. that in there. It says Sound City okay. Studios. And, and it's the so, room that you see in the documentary with like the cart, like the control room where it's like carpeted. That does make sense. Carpeted yeah. walls and shit. I I, yeah, I, I love that, that little tie-in. That is cool. Um, one thing that I and I don't have the CD, so I can either confirm or disconfirm this. But Paul Thomas Anderson said, said that. So the CD um, or the the soundtrack starts off with um, uh, them playing uh, uh, "Feel the Heat." It's just just Mark Wahlberg playing Feel the Heat. But there's a hidden track on the CD, apparently, that it has their version of You Got the Touch. I see so, that. I see that at the end of because I guess is, is, is Michael it? Penn's okay. the big top theme from Boogie Nights, and then it says slash the touch. Okay. Is that what it is? Okay, because I didn't I didn't know uh, on mine it doesn't say that uh that part, so I wasn't really sure. But that would be cool. Is it just like I'm guessing? It just comes in at the end, right? I mean, that would be my guess. And I, God, I would also love it if they had done like a full version of "Feel My Heat," like with with some hired guns, you know, like on drums and bass. And that. It would just be funny. Yeah, that would be pretty great. Well, then, I think the last real scene and song I want to talk about is not only my favorite of this movie, but. One of my favorite of a lot of movies of 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 almost any movie I've seen. And what I think is important to say is that it the music is used within the scene. Like it's the the characters are hearing the music. It's not over the top for the audience. I know, I know. I was thinking about that too because, like, all of a sudden, Sister Christian like abruptly abruptly stops. Right, like it didn't make the whole tape. And you flip it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and the cool thing about this and how that works is, you know, you had to think this through a little bit. So Paul Thomas Anderson was basically like, okay, we're going to go from, you know, Sister Christian Night Ranger or Night Ranger, um, uh, Sister Christian into Ricky Jesse's Springfield, girl, right? man. Yeah. yeah. So, but the only way to do that is to make a mixtape. And they yeah. even the, he even makes a comment. He's like, he's like, I make mixtapes because I don't want people to tell me what oh. order to put stuff in, what order to listen. I I'm know. Like, that I was is everything this show doesn't stand for. I know. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that when I was watching, I was like, well, you are not going to be a guest on the Scratch a Track podcast because your yeah. uh, your view on albums is clearly fucked up from all that coke. Exactly. Um, but the way that the music and those songs are used within the scene. It's great how it builds oh, the tension, the tension. dude. All, dude, all the stuff that's going on. You got Cosmo throwing fucking fireworks and firecrackers, can, can just, right? Why is that fucking kid there? That is so weird. Like everything about that is very yeah. twisted, man. That was the eighties. There was a lot of blow going around. I mean, you yeah. know, He's is Chinese. that an excuse? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
Exactly. But dude, <laughs> I, it's funny because I, I hadn't watched this in so long, and I don't know. Um, watching, I'm list, watching it on a screen, and I have headphones on. And dude, the fireworks are so fucking jarring. They're just like making me twitch. And and it's it, dude. And those guys are about like a scrape away from totally fucking tweaked out, anyways. And right. you can just see them like sweating and like wanting to itch. Through, you know what I mean? Like, well, they're all about to lose it. And then the song just builds up and yeah. just boom, explodes. But he was actually throwing real fireworks. And they didn't know. Like, like, and Paul Thomas Anderson said that their reactions are real. Because, dude, they were fucking loud. Like, it wasn't oh, yeah. like these quiet little things in, in well, the dude, studio. Well, dude, you throw black cats in a house. Like, that's going to be loud as fuck. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, so, it's just the way the tension is built. And then you have that shot of you know Mark Wahlberg Dirk Diggler and it just stay, stays on him for like I think it's a good 45 seconds to a minute and you just see him processing everything yeah. that's going on and and he's having all these regrets and he's like, like man we got to go I need yep. I need to get the fuck out of here yep. right now the shit is about to get bad like I was living this awesome life I turned into an asshole like I need to get the fuck out and yep they tried they tried to do that and all hell breaks Todd loose. Todd has a different idea. He has a yeah. Fucking yeah. safe in the fucking bed. Safe <laughs> under the fucking bed. <laughs> um, but, now I, I was going to mention this, yeah. too is for some reason, and if you were to have asked me about that scene prior to rewatching the movie after I'm going to say probably ten years, okay, I would have cited Sister Christian. As as like the seminal song in that scene, but I feel like Jesse's girl is just, where it gets real fucked up. Like that is where things just go through the roof. Is is during yeah. Jesse's girl? Yeah, because things are getting intense, right? And then Sister Christian ends, and, and that is a the, very jarring moment. Yeah, that's when the tape flips. Yeah, Jesse's girl comes in, and and things start start to really really build and you see Todd start to lose his shit and he's getting freaky and frustrated and that's when yeah it it goes crazy and then and then there's actually a song the third song which is um uh 99 Luff Balloons oh, by Nina. Nina. Nina Nina yeah um and it's interesting cuz that song plays and it's playing just as um they leave and they leave the apartment. Now I watched this with my friend Julia this this past week, and she thought that that song should have continued outside into the car chase. Instead, they cut to Fat Man by Jethro. I, I know. I, I guess I, dude. I don't disagree with her. I, I almost it, it works for me that they do, but I could have definitely seen it the other way. And it was weird because this time they actually like get into some of Fat Man, whereas when thing. that chick, when the Colonel's like eight year old girlfriend ODs or whatever, they just yeah. play the drum part. They just play those intro yeah. drums. Yeah. Yeah. So my my take on why they they cut it there was because all that music was being played from inside the house. We're now outside the house. So I don't know if it technically I mean 
they could have kept it going. And it would have been pretty really distant at that. Yeah. yeah. No, that, yeah. that makes but, sense to me, though. There, there's a clear the separation. With, the thing with Fat Man, though, is such an upbeat, like, uh, what is that? Mandolin? What is he playing? Mandolin? Uh, I don't even know what he's playing. Probably that, some um, sort of Indian instrument. Yeah. I think, like, sitar, honestly. I don't know. So, anyways, that's is that that's some sort of, of Eastern thing? It, it could be. It Far from is. it. should be. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we have pretty much the end of the movie, and you kind of mentioned uh, Beach Boys, God Only Knows, yeah. and then... And then it ends with the uh, electric light orchestra, yeah, uh, with the the, the, the end credit song, which which I like that song. I think it's yeah, good. it's a it's a it's a really good song. So um, now the, there's only one other good. song that I want to mention because we may good. see it again on this show, and I always really like it when they're at the disco and it's got the real nice clavinet groove to it, and that is Machine Gun by the Commodores, and that's when they're mm-hmm. on like the lighted floor, you know, and it's it's <laughs> it's super disco-y. Yeah. Um, but that when is. I when I listen to that song, I'm like, huh, I could definitely see a future where there's a songs of the same name, the Machine same Gun name. by the Condors and Machine Gun Band by or the Commodores Gypsies. and Jimi Hendrix and Band of Gypsies. Band of Gypsies. I don't I think agree. that that Machine Gun would have fit as well in the disco scene, but. Totally. I, I agree. With that. Not even during the guitar <laughs> solo, which is incredible. It is. So, Grim, is there a scene song pairing that that does it for you that you like the most or that you appreciated the most uh this time watching it dude man that's a really good question um there's a bunch of them i know there is really good but i just i I think that (laughs) if i first of all i i'm gonna go ahead and extend this and and this will be on your plate too what is your favorite song, not as it's used necessarily in the movie, but just what's your favorite song that's in this movie? Okay, so that's question number one. And does it correspond to your favorite scene? So for me, that oh. is Spill the Wine, dude. That song is so awesome. <laughs> and and I, and I specifically wrote so many notes on that initial party scene because the music is just, hell, I even think that initial party scene is Fat Man comes in there, too. It, well, yeah, because she's yeah. That's where she yeah is. I mean, it yeah. just it, there's yeah. so much music in that whole sequence that I just mm-hmm. I love that. And if, and, but but if it otherwise, I really like Joy. I, I was you know, sure. I've actually been okay. listening to that song a lot since then. So. Oh, all right, all right. Well, my favorite, I guess my favorite song, and and it's tough because part of me wants to just obviously say you know the touch and feel the heat um, because. Fuck man, they're really good. Do they, do they have a band name? Do they ever had a name of the band, or is it just you know they could have been Chest and Brock? I yeah, Chest and Brock would have been. Oh, uh, there was yeah, one little <laughs> go on, but I have one side note. Okay. Oh yeah, we should talk about um, the cameo. Um, yep. Too. But um, I want to know my, your favorite I, pairing and, yeah, and your favorite song. Well, my favorite song is actually it would be Sister Christian, Night Ranger, and. Uh, well, but I also do like Jesse's Girl as a song, individual song as well. And and them being together in that song, I just that whole scene is just phenomenal. I just love every element of it. I love the way the tension is built. I love the songs, how they're incorporated into the into the scene for the characters as well. It reminds me a lot of the scene in Pulp Fiction of Girl, You Will Be a Woman Soon. 
You know, yeah. she turns on the reel to reel. It plays. That's a part of the movie. It's yes. Not just, yes. 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 You know, yes. Around, you know, it's not just on top of the movie. So a little more elegant than a tape, but yes. <laughs> yes. A little bit. A little bit. So that's what I got, man. And um, I do want to mention Michael Penn's cameo. So Michael Penn, the composer, if you if you guys know who Nick is in the recording studio, he's the producer. Works at Sound City. Works at Sound City. Yeah. Um, he's he's the one doing the producing. And they talked about it, or Paul Thomas Anderson talked about it a little bit on the audio commentary for Boogie Nights. And he basically said that that day, that that they had one whole day to shoot all those internal scenes where they're doing the touch and feel the heat, and then they're in the sound booth. They had one full day to get all those scenes. And so basically, Paul Thomas Anderson told uh, Mark Wahlberg and John C. Riley that he just wanted them just to basically torture Nick or, or Michael Penn because he had never acted before. Yes. And they're like, he is, they're just trying to keep a straight, he's trying to keep a straight face the whole time. And yeah. it's just like, almost Oh, impossible. like when John C. Riley's on the board and he's like, can you? He's like running behind him and stuff. Yeah. And, and he's yeah, like, can you? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I, I thought that was Pretty cool story. Pretty no, cool that story. is my last little aside, and this is this. You, I think, would appreciate this, and maybe a few other listeners, like friend of the show, Mike Strohshine. Um, oh, you know the part when they're when they're watching like the Chest and Brock movie, and he 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 does the whole thing. You hungry? Why don't you feast on this? Yeah, dude. There's this synthesizer in that in that scene and it's kind of got that wow 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 and when i heard that that is basically from that scene is what i use for when i did the synth in club explicit and so for those who don't know this i will use this and this will be the music bed for this episode so you can hear that synth that i was that that really like floored me to use for a song of similar taste and content Sure. So with that, with that, well, um, we've already reminded everyone to like and subscribe and comment below, which I'm sure you've done at this point because we've been talking for almost 30 yes. minutes. So, um, as Jack Horner would is, say, fucking <laughs> yes. And uh, so this is the second, uh, you know, songs that made the movie episode that we've done. We got a few more coming up down the pipeline in in the next in the next couple of weeks. But if there's other movies out there that you guys think uh, would be cool oh, for us to yeah, talk about and examine everything. I mean, we got a list, but you know, obviously, we you know we, we miss a ton of shit too. So, if there's some other really good movies out there that you guys think would be fun to talk about, or that just have great soundtracks, or music is really incorporated into the, yeah. into the movie nicely, definitely let us know. And this one's so dense. I mean, it was going to be a long one. Right. I think it'll only be rivaled by Wayne's World when we, which we may or may not do. <laughs> Who's to say? All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Grim, what do you say? Yeah? Yeah. All right. Time to go. Dude Grim Show. Scratch a track is produced by the Dude Grim. Additional music provided by Moore in the Tins. Copyright 2021. The Dude Grim Show. <laughs>